Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see you all this morning. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Great to have you with us. And um, it's an absolute honor to have Dylan Standridge from Iris Global here this morning. And um, just so great to have you here. Dylan, I want to just invite you up and uh, just, just let's give him a warm welcome, guys. God bless you. Come on, can we just can we just stand for a moment? Let's just uh, can we just lift our hands to Jesus? Jesus, we just love you, and God, we say there's no one we'd a- we'd rather follow but you. There's no one we'd rather worship but you, Jesus. You are the only God. You are the only way. You are the only truth. You are the only life. Father, I thank you right now for this place. Thank you uh, for 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 what you're doing, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for your amazing presence in this place, God. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Would you come and do what only you can do? Would you come be with us? (laughs) You are the God with us. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Everybody doing well? All right. I didn't get the... What, what time should I be looking for? <laughs> no, I need, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask the Lord. <laughs> so for the next seven hours. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Oh, man. Y'all doing well? Do you know you're doing better than you even know? Because Jesus woke you up this morning and he, he put breath in your lungs. He put, come on, he put, he put his life inside of you and he actually woke you up for a purpose. And he woke you up that you would become like him in all things. And so the good news is you're becoming more like Jesus today than you were yesterday. Come on, that's the good news. That, that's, that's what's amazing. So you're, you're doing better than you even know. And uh, if you feel discouraged in this place, I, I just want to tell you, man, God sent his only begotten son so he would die, he would live a perfect life and then die a sinner's death that he didn't deserve and then he would give you life that you don't deserve. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know that's good news? That's exciting to me. Do you know it doesn't say that Jesus acted sinful so that you could act righteous? It says he became sin so that you would become something. And here's the amazing news. Before you were saved, the, the best you could do was act righteous. Now that you are saved, the worst you can do is just act sinful. You're, you're not a sinful person. You've actually been made a new creation. And if you, if you study Paul's writings, he, he so many times talks about an old nature and a new nature. There's actually a new nature living on the inside of you. 
There, there, there's a new way of living. And that when, whenever we act out of that, it's just us acting not as we are. It's just us resurrecting that old man and deciding to do something in our flesh. But it's not who you are. It's not what defines you. It's not who you're, you know, guilt, shame, and condemnation. There are three things that are legal for the believer. They're not allowed. Now, they are if you, if you allow it. But in the authority of Christ and what he's done for us, guilt, shame, and condemnation should never be a part of our walk. Why? Because Jesus died for us to be free from it. And Paul writes in Roman eight, Romans chapter 8, Now, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, who's in Christ? I, I'm telling you, man, it, if you're not excited about something, you should be excited about this amazing gospel. I, I've been so hungry. This, this hunger for the word of God has just come upon my life, and I just ask even now, Jesus, never let it go. I love the Word of God. How many of you, how many of you love the Word of God? Man, I, I love the Word of God. Why? Because it, it feeds me. It gives me life. It brings life. And I, I love hearing the Word of the Lord. It's probably one of my favorite things to do is hear God for people or for myself. For, but, man, I'm telling you, there is nothing that, that's as surefire as this right here. If you need a word from God, I'm telling you, you have an entire love letter from God right here in your hands. It is an entire uh, a book on how to live life. It's, it's, it's a book on how to walk with God. It's, it's a book on how to have a ministry and a life with God. And I said in first service, I've been thinking about this concept quite a lot, that, you know, this is our story. This isn't just a story years and years and years ago. This is our story. And how many of you know that we are actually a part of this amazing story? That the God who spoke to Abraham and said, look at all the stars, right, actually says and calls you by name. Not only does he call you by name, the Bible says that he knows every hair that's on our head. Not only does it say that he knows every hair that's on your head, but it says his, his thoughts for you outnumber the sands of the seashore. And not only does it say that, it says that his thoughts are good and pleasing towards you. Why? Because the blood of Jesus covers us. He's made us brand new. He's made us that new creation. And I don't know about you, but I, I love that. I love him. Because he saved me. He, he saved a wretch like me. And I never want to forget what he saved me from. I never want to forget where, where I came from. But I want to thank Jesus Christ that I'm not there anymore. How, how many of you know that Jesus will meet you? He'll meet you wherever you are, and it doesn't matter. But he doesn't want you to stay in that place. He loves you too much to let you stay there. So he'll meet you in your mess. He'll meet you in your pit. He'll meet you in your shame, your guilt, your condemnation. But then, but then he gives us a way out, and it's our choice to follow him. Amen? Amen. And I'm just, I am, I'm so excited about this glorious gospel of Jesus. I'm so excited about Jesus. How many of you were in first service? Uh, quite, a, quite a few. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to preach the same message, so, but I'm already saying things I didn't say first service, so Holy Spirit knows. 
Uh, but I really felt like that it was something that I wrestled all this morning last night. I was like, God, what do you want me to preach? What do you want me to share? What do you want me to share with, with these amazing people? And uh, I just felt like the message that he gave me was one that I think is, is, is timely for us. And uh, do you know that Moses cries out to God in Exodus chapter 33? And he asks God a question. God, show me your glory. Do you know the story? He says, show me your glory, God. And what does God say? He says, I will make my goodness pass before you. You know, in that moment, he could have said anything. I'll make my wrath pass before you. I'll make my judgment pass before you. I'll make, and he's God. He can do whatever he wants. That's good news. Do you know that? <laughs> he's, I said in first service, he's God and I'm not. And that makes me really happy. Because if I was God, we would all be in big, big trouble. And newsflash, if you were God, we'd be in big, big trouble. Don't think too highly of yourself. I'm just playing. But, but he asks God, he says, show me your goodness, or show me your glory. And he says, I'll, I'll hide you in this rock and I'll make my, my goodness pass before you. And then God does this amazing thing. He puts Moses in the cleft of the rock. And then he, he passes by, and, and what's outstanding to me is he then just starts describing himself to Moses. And do you know what he says? It's the first time God describes himself in the Bible. It says he's compassionate. He's slow to anger. This is the old covenant God. The same God that we worship today. And then... We see years, thousands and thousands of years later, this amazing, amazing king, Jesus, comes on the earth. And Colossians says that he is the perfect representation of the invisible God. If you want a, if you want a really healthy theology, just study Jesus. If you want to say, hey, I, I, want, to know, I want to know what God's like, you have it. It's, it's red letters right there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have the life of Jesus right at your fingertips, something for you to study, something for you to understand. He is the perfect representation of the invisible God. And what I, what I felt like this morning, God wanted to pour out upon us and show us was his amazing mercy and his amazing grace. And, and I love that we sang the songs we did because it's just, it's almost like God knows. He does. That's a, that's a joke, guys. Is it, is it all right? I'm just, it's okay to joke a little bit. He knows everything, and that's good news. He, he's, he's magnificent. But um, I wanted to look at a story today, and uh, I, I wanted to look at it, and I said this in first service. If we could do, if we could have a little, a little fun, but not just fun, I think it's important. How many of you know when the disciples were living with Jesus, they didn't have this beautiful, amazing book that we had? So they actually didn't know the end of the story. So they're living it in the moment, and they don't have the privilege and the honor of knowing that they can turn a page and see what happens next. And so what I want to do is I kind of want us all as a, as a family, as a group, let us jump into this story, not like we know the beginning from the end, okay, but actually trying to step into it 
and live it. Because I believe that the word of God, God actually wants us to experience his word. He, he wants us to experience it full-heartedly so that it can transform us. Do you know that God is a God of the heart? I almost preached a whole message on that. This, that was one of the things I was wrestling through. God is a God of the heart. And the Bible says that he looks to and fro, searching for ones whose heart is fully his. Now, now hear me. Our mind is very important. Our, our mind is, is incredibly important. Our body, incredibly important. Spirit, soul, body, right? We're made up of, of those three things. But, but God is looking for our heart. He's looking for a heart that's fully his. And, and before I go there, I, I do want to just read this. Romans 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Come on. That's good news. I can, I can end and we can go home after that. And you have peace with God if you're in Christ. Oh, I have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our, what? Hearts with his love. How many know it doesn't say fill our minds? Again, I, I'm not, people, we're Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever you are, I don't, Baptist, it doesn't matter. You don't check your mind at the door, you know. It's important. We're actually transformed by the renewing of our mind. But how many know, I'm so thankful God doesn't fill my mind. He fills my heart. And here's an amazing reason why. Because that means anyone with, with any special needs, and maybe their mind isn't as sharp to understand things, God bypasses it. And he fills their heart. That means... Any child, because Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom, you must become like a child. Why? There's things and theologies, and I love all of that. We need to be sharp. We need to be wise. We need to know things. But man, the gospel is simple. The gospel is simple. It's so simple, a child can understand it. Why? Because he fills our hearts with his love. Come on, that's good news. I think, I think we should be full heart people. I think God's looking for ones, again, whose heart is fully his. And what would it look like if we actually loved him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind? But then what if we loved others that way? And how many know when you love people like Jesus loved people, 
it can get hard. People can hurt you. How many know Jesus didn't drag that cross up to Calvary, even though he had every right to drag that cross up that hill and get to a place where he throws it down and say, I'm done. All of you, I live perfect for you. I gave you this. I fed you. I, I multiplied food. How dare you? How dare you do that to me? Did you ever see Jesus saying that? No, he didn't. And we're called to be like him. We're called to be like him. He is what I said. He's the perfect representation of the invisible God. And you could never picture Jesus doing that. You could never picture him dragging that cross up that hill, throwing it down, saying, all right, I'm done. Angels, come. He could have done that. See, they have all deserted me. You know, every single one of Jesus' disciples left him, except for there were three people at the cross that it mentions. It mentions Mary, his mother, Mary Magdalene. Isn't that amazing? She had demons. She was possessed. She was a prostitute. Don't tell me God can't use you. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Not only does God love you, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. And there was a third one, John. It says, John the beloved was there. And the rest of them were gone. Do you not think the devil was whispering in Jesus' ear? Look at them, Jesus. They all left you, deserted you, stabbed you in the back. Look, they're gambling for your robes. They put a crown of thorns on your head. And what does Jesus say? Forgive them, Lord. What does God say? He's God. Forgive them, Lord. They just don't know. Man, if we would live that kind of life where we looked at people who did us wrong and we saw them through the eyes of Christ, not for what they've done, but for their potential in him, we'd see people transformed. Why? Because God can change anybody. He can turn any heart. He can redeem any situation. I'm telling you, if you feel hopeless in this place, there's hope for you today. Romans 5, I just, wrote, I just read it. And this hope that will not disappoint. Hope in what? Hope in Christ Jesus. He can turn anything around. It's time to get our hopes up. The world says, don't get your hopes up. You'll be let down. And the enemy comes and whispered that same thing to us. And I'm telling you, Jesus is telling us today, it's time to get our hopes up again. It's time to get your hopes up again. I did not plan on saying any of this, but thank you, Jesus. So I want to jump into this story. And like I said, I want to jump in like we don't know the end of it. Okay? And uh, we're, we're going to look at, we're going to look at some things here. We're going to look at this amazing, amazing King, this amazing God and Messiah, Jesus Christ, in whom we serve. 
And I, I believe his heart's going to just fall in this place. His love's going to fall in this place. The mercy and the compassion of God is going to fall in this place on, on many of us, myself included. And uh, so we're going to look and we're going to jump in. If you want to turn with me to John chapter 21. If you don't know the, the story, at this point, Jesus has, has died. And his 12 disciples and his other, other followers, Mary Magdalene, those guys, they, they all, uh, their life is now crushed. Okay? So you, what you have to understand is they were fishermen, tax collectors, doctors that left everything. And they've been following this man, this Messiah that they believe was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And, and they're following him, and then all of a sudden, he's dead and he's gone. So, so, so stay with me here. Remember, we're in the story. So I want you to think about this. Everything you've put your hope in, everything that, that you've, been, you've been counting on, everything that you've been expecting is now gone. And that's where we are. Okay? Now, again, they didn't have the joy of turning the page and realizing what was going on, that Jesus is actually resurrected. They, 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 they didn't have that awareness yet. Okay? So um, uh, verse 1 of uh, chapter 21 of John. It says, Later Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter... Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. So, so a large group of them were, were there back at the Sea of Galilee. Verse 3, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. So how many of you know Simon Peter, if you don't know uh, what happened, Simon Peter uh, looked at Christ before he died and he said, I'll never forsake you. I won't. And Jesus tells him, surely I tell you, by the time the rooster crows three times, you will. Man. And he does. He deserts him. He betrays him. He lies to him. And Jesus in that moment is, is now gone, okay? So you have to realize, can you imagine what's going on in the heart of Peter? And he says this phrase, I'm going fishing. He's going back. I'm just going to go back to what I've done. I'm going to go back to the life I knew. I'm going to go back to what I knew because Peter was a fisherman before he met Jesus. And Jesus calls him and says what? I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So Peter in this moment says, I I'm just going back. I'm just going back. In his shame, in his guilt, I'm going back. And the other disciples said, we'll come too, they all said. So they went out to the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Man, I'll tell you this. One thing I've learned about the disciples, if you read the stories of, of them fishing, they never caught anything. <laughs> like, so you, so you have shame that you just denied the Son of God. He's gone. And then you're like, I'm going to go back to the thing that I'm terrible at. I have no grace for, no anointing for, and I can't catch anything. I mean, we're laughing at it, but like, this is, this is a place of despair. Yeah. 
before, when Jesus called them before, they caught nothing. They, they're just the worst fishermen. I, I don't know about you. I don't. Uh, I didn't grow up fishing on the oceans, but you guys live in Florida, so I'm sure many of you, you know, everybody can catch something at some point. But these dudes, it says they fish all night long. They can't catch anything. And they're not even using rod and reel. They got nets and, you know, the Sea of Galilee can't be that big. I've seen it. Like, I think you could find some fish in there somewhere. But these guys go out and they, they just can't catch anything. But at dawn, come on, some of you in this place, you need to realize that at dawn, Jesus is about to stand on your shore. How many know the mercies of God are new every morning? It doesn't say they're new every morning just before you get saved. You know what every morning means in the Greek and in the Hebrew? Every morning. (laughs) It means every morning. I'm not a scholar by any means. But I do know that every morning means every morning. So at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach to his disciples, and he couldn't see who he was, and he called out, Fellas! You caught any fish? Come on. How many know Jesus is real, guys? He's not a fairy tale. He's not, he's a real God, and he was a real man, and he lived a real perfect spotless life, and he has real emotions. Do you know God has emotions? He has emotions. It says he cries. It says he laughs. He's real. I said this in, 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 in first service, like, I love that God has emotions. I love that he, there's a song out, and I don't know the name of it, but we sang it a couple times um, in the church that I attend back home, and it says, he's the God who weeps, and he's the God who bleeds. Do you know that Christianity is the only faith where God comes to us? Every other religion in the world, they have to go to God with their sacrifices, their burnt offerings, whatever it may be. Every single religion. But in this amazing, amazing faith of the one true God, Jesus Christ, he comes to us. Not only does he come to us, and, and, and now he's seated at the right hand of God. And it says he's making intercession on our behalf. But I think sometimes in our, in our faith or lack thereof, we expect God to just be off in the clouds. And we're crying out to him and we have no recollection that he's right here. He's right here. He's right here standing on the shores of our life. And he's crying out. My Bible said, fellas, fellows. I'm from the South. But some translations, which I like better, said, he says, hey, friends. You caught anything? 
You know, he didn't say, hey, betrayers. <laughs> I'm serious. He didn't say that. Hey, deserters. Hey, liars. Hey, tax collectors. Hey, thieves. Doesn't say Mary was on the boat, but hey, prostitutes, whatever. Do you know it doesn't say that? He says, hey, friends. Oh, man. That's good news. So he calls out. And I think he just was having fun. He knew he didn't catch any fish. I, I, I don't even think it took him being the son of God to know that. I, I think he just knew, man, my boys are bad at fishing. <laughs> hey, friends, you caught any fish? <laughs> no, they replied. I mean, it just gets worse and worse. Then he said, throw your net out on the right-hand side of the boat. You'll get some. Now, if you go back and look, there's an amazing story at the beginning of the Gospels. When Jesus' ministry is first starting, it says his disciples are out on a boat, out on the same sea. They fished all night. And guess what? They didn't catch a thing. But he tells them to do something. Throw your nets out again. You'll catch them. And I'm here to tell you today, I don't know where you've been. I don't know how long you've known Jesus or how long you haven't. But I'm telling you, Jesus is standing on the shore of your life. He's saying, hey, Sarah. Hey, John. Hey, Michael. Throw your net out again. Throw it out again. And it says they, they throw their nets out again. It says they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. And then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, oh, It's the Lord. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The disciple Jesus loved. Don't you just love that it's the book of John wrote this? I think he just was like, the disciple Jesus loved. <laughs> there's, another, there's another funny part I noticed in the, in the Bible where it says uh, before this story that they run to the tomb in the book of John. And it says, it says that John, it says the disciple Jesus loved beat Peter to the tomb. But what I love is it says Peter just ran right in. But I just think, I'm just like, man, th these are real guys. Like, come on. They're real humans. And Elisha and Elisha are real humans. And David was a real human. And Mary Magdalene was a real woman. And, and Esther was a real woman. And we're a part of this story and I said it in first service, and I've been so convicted by it. I don't, I don't just want a ministry. I actually don't, I mean, I shouldn't say I don't care. I, I just want a life with God. I just want a life with God. Why? 
Because I'm part of this story. And if you've been saved and set free, this is your story. This is your story. And so it says that the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. Then others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. It's interesting to me, Peter, I I didn't grow up on a peninsula like you guys, but I I don't know about y'all, maybe it's a Florida thing, but I've never put more clothes on to jump into the water. And go swimming. I mean, it's kind of strange, huh? And, and that verse has always kind of stood out to me. Why, why did Peter, why, why, why would he put his tunic back on? There's a lot of theological debates. I, I don't know. Some people said, you know, maybe he ran on the water. That's, a, that's an awesome thought. I, here's my opinion. I think he put it on because he said, Forget y'all, I am not waiting on you. If that's the Lord, I'm never coming back to this boat. I will never come back to this boat. And he throws on his tunic and he jumps in the water. And it says they were only about 100 yards away, so they weren't that far off. But he said, I can't wait. If that's the Lord, I got to get to him. I got to get to him i got to get to him. And I'm telling you today, the Lord is on the shores of your life. And I don't know what you've done or where you've been. But he wants to meet with you. And he wants to meet with you the same way he met Peter. Man, we have all, all, the Bible says, fallen short of the glory of the Lord. But I'm looking at a room full of people And I don't see one of us that stared him in the face three times and denied him. Stared people in the face three times and denied him. After we told him, we'll never will. I don't know anybody in this room. There's nobody in this room that's done that. That's a big deal. That's a weighty thing. Can you imagine what Peter was feeling? And now he's dead? The last thing I told him is I would never leave him. I'd never betray him. And now he's dead. But he's on the shore. He's on the shore. And he's crying out. It says Peter jumped. He put his tunic back on. He jumped. And this is what I love. The same God who healed the sick, raised the dead, who spoke to Abraham about the stars in the sky, who knows every hair on your head, who has thoughts for you that outnumber the seashores, and those thoughts are good and and, and for you to prosper you. The same God who, who spoke the ocean that we can go drive to and see, and it became. The same God that created the stars in the sky. The same God that created everything and everyone that you see 
in his mercy, does something amazing. It says, when he got there, they had found breakfast waiting for them. God of the universe made these men breakfast. That's amazing. Like, think about that. There's another story in the Bible. It's, it's, it's incredible. Jesus is on his way. A man comes and he asks, will you, will you come pray for my daughter? She's sick. And as he's going, we know this famous story. The woman with the issue of blood reaches, touches the hem of his garment. She gets healed. On his way there, by the time he gets there, the daughter's dead. And what I love is when you go and you read that story and you look, you see that Jesus heals the girl, but then it says he perceived she was hungry and he got her some food. Come on, how many know Jesus is the God who, who raises the dead and I want that kind of power in my life. I want that kind of power in my life. I, I, I haven't seen the dead raised yet, but I will. I have a lot of friends that have. Crazy, amazing miracles, but at the same time, I serve a God who cares about me being hungry. That's amazing to me. Here's what I love about the compassion and mercy of Jesus. is not one time in Scripture did I ever see him say, yeah, come back tomorrow. I'm just too busy. Just come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow, I'll get you healed. Come back tomorrow. Maybe next time. Nope. He's always present. He's always there. So Peter jumps out of the boat, swims to the shore. And Jesus says this, bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went abroad, or went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and, then, and, then, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, could I, could I get the, the keyboard up? After Jesus, I mean after breakfast, <laughs> Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. And you know that I love you. Aren't you glad he knows everything? Man, that's good news to me. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. 
When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus told him, follow me. What's he doing? He's restoring Peter. He's restoring his heart. He's restoring his dignity. He's restoring his failures and his mistakes. And he's putting him right back where he's supposed to be, right back on the path. And I'm here to tell you today, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. And to be honest, it doesn't really matter. Because I believe Jesus is going to meet with you today because he loves you. But not only does he love you, he wants to use you. Don't tell me Jesus can't use you. Do you know that there's a story in the Bible where Jesus goes and it says there's a man He's the most demonized man in all of Scripture. I would, I would dare to say the most demonized man in all of history. It says he, he said legions of demons. And Jesus sets him free. But then what's amazing is he puts him in full-time ministry immediately. He says, go tell everybody what, you, what I've done. That's incredible to me. Don't tell me God can't use you. Mary Magdalene was a, was a prostitute. She was demonized. She's set completely free. She repents, of course. I'm not saying there's not a place you have to repent. You have to turn from your sin and follow him. He says, follow me. That's what that means. But man, the enemy comes and he disqualifies us. And I, I guarantee you in this moment, Peter was feeling pretty disqualified. You know, following Jesus, if you've run, I don't know how far you've run away from him. Maybe you have. I said this in first service. It doesn't matter how far you've ran. To get back to him is just one step. He's right there. And I don't know about you, but I feel the mercy and compassion of God in this place. I feel the mercy, and I'm just watching, even as he's, he's falling on some of you. And when Jesus spoke to Peter, I don't believe he spoke to him like this. All right, Peter, do you love me? Hey, hey, no, I love you. No, no, do you love me, Peter? Come on. You sure? You prove it? You sure? With his arms crossed. looks at him he says hey Peter this is how I picture it there's a fire circle Jesus is cooking him fish making him bread he's probably got a big smile on his face because man he just defeated hell in the grave 
I mean, I mean, that's. And these guys didn't know the end of the story, but he does. I think he's probably sitting there like, I did it, Papa. I did it, God. We did it. And I think he looks at Peter and he probably kneels down. And I almost picture Peter can't even lift his head up. He's probably like this. He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter was probably like, yeah, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Imagine Jesus just scrapping his face. He said, Do you love me? he's still the same today do you know he's still that way today and he's looking at each one of you he's lifting your face hey look at me look at me girl look at me boy look at me in the eyes I'm not ashamed of you do you love me Take the dust off your feet and let's go to work. Because I got a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. And all you have to do is follow me. You turn from your ways, turn from your wickedness, and follow me. It's the same way he called him in the beginning. And in that moment, he's restored. There's an amazing story. If you look a few chapters before this, It says Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb of Jesus and Jesus shows up to her. She didn't recognize him at first. It's it's the story where she goes, Rabboni, Rabbi. She cries out and he says, don't cling to me yet. I'm going to go ascend to be with the Father. He says something amazing and and there's a certain translation that says, hey, before I go, go tell my brothers and Peter that I'm back. And it stood out to me one time when I was reading it. Why did he say, go tell my brothers and Peter? Well, first of all, isn't it amazing that he says, go tell my brothers? My brothers. He didn't say, go tell the ones who backstabbed me, I'm back. Go tell the ones that deserted me, I'm back. Go tell the ones that lied to my face, I'm back. No, go tell my brothers. Tell my brothers and Peter. And here's my opinion on why I think he said and Peter. I I believe Peter was living in so much guilt and shame and condemnation that those three things are illegal for the believer. 
Why? Because now there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have been cleansed by the blood. You, you, you are guilty no more. And your conscience has been made clean by the works of Jesus Christ. Not by your own works, but by his great sacrifice. And that we are saved by grace through faith. But I think he says, go tell my brothers and Peter. Because Peter in his guilt and shame had just disqualified himself. But Jesus said, hey, I want to make it a point, Mary. Make sure you tell Peter. Why? Because he cares about Peter's heart. And he knew Peter's heart. I'm telling you, Jesus is better than you think. He's better than I think. He's better than I know. And I just see the Lord ministering to you in this place. And he's going to continue to. And I want to pray for two groups of people today as we, as we come to an end. But the first group I, I want to say is, is there, 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 there might be people in this room that you've never met this kind Jesus before. You've never known that he was this merciful. You never knew that he was this compassionate. And you've never surrendered your life to him. You've been living for yourself. You've been living for your own ways. And Jesus is crying out, come follow me. Come follow me. And I'll give you life and life abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And some of you, you've been living your life and it's been death and destruction and decay. But I'm telling you, Jesus is going to set you free today. And so I want to ask before I pray for the second group, but the first group, if we could just close our eyes in this place. If there's anybody in this place that said, I've never asked Jesus Christ to come be my Lord and my Savior. Is there anybody that would be bold enough and courageous enough to raise their hand and say, you know what? I want to meet this Jesus. Anybody in this place, would you just lift your hand that says, you know what, I, I want to meet this king. I see you, I see you. Awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you. Anybody else? Come on, guys, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be afraid of. When Jesus came, he hung on a cross, he died for you, and he rose again. And he had you on his mind. And if you were the only person on the earth, if you were the only one on the earth, he would take that cross for you. And he'd pour out his perfect, sinless, spotless blood and he'd pour it out upon the ground and he would go to hell. He'd be tortured and beaten and then he'd be resurrected again. Even if you were the only person on the earth, he would do it for you. Is there anybody else that says, you know what, I've never fully surrendered my life to him. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you today, guys, he's the kindest person I've ever met. He's the most gentle, the most honoring God I've ever known. He's the only God. Is there anybody else in this place? I saw the two back here. Now, now I'm going to ask if you've raised your hand, if you would be brave and courageous.
because Jesus was pretty brave and courageous for you. It's not a shameful thing. Actually, the Bible says when one comes home, it says all of heaven rejoices. I'm going to ask, if you raised your hand in this place, would you be so bold to just come down, come forward? I want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Yeah, come on. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. stand here if you face me if you want thank you for being brave anybody else is there anybody else so before I forget uh, once I'm done we, we can go over here or is that right over here and uh, it's a pastor that'll that'll help you out um, I want you to know you're making the greatest decision you've ever made He's not ashamed of you and he's not afraid of you. He loves you. And I'm going to ask you a couple questions, okay? Do you believe that Jesus is the only Son of God? He's the only way to the Father. Yeah? Do you believe that he came and he died? He lived a perfect, sinless life. You don't believe that. You do believe that. Okay. You do believe he, he, was, he was sinless, so he was perfect, right? And he died on the cross so that he could be our sacrifice. Do you believe that? Do you believe he, he died and three days later he rose again? And that if we put our faith in him, and the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is the son of the living God, we'll, we will be saved by his sacrifice. Do you believe that? And do you want him to come be the Lord of your life? That means you're not in control anymore. Jesus is in control. And we live for Him. And we do what He tells us to do. And it's not a, a militaristic, military thing. It's a Father who loves us. Do you believe that? Do you want that? Well, I'm telling you, after this moment, He's going to change everything. Because He promises if we believe that, He'll come make His home inside of our heart. It says He'll, he'll fill our hearts with His love. And that He'll never leave us or forsake us. Do you want that? Come on. Well, let's just pray together. Just repeat after me, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, I accept you into my life. And I thank you, Jesus, that your blood and your body broken for me has cleansed me of all my sin. I ask you, Jesus, would you come and cleanse me of everything I've ever done every wrong I've ever committed, the things that, uh, that people know about, the things people don't know about. Come, Jesus, and make me clean. Wash me in your blood. I turn from my ways of sin, and I give you my life fully. Come be my Lord. Come be my Savior. Come be my very best friend. In Jesus' name.
Father, I thank you for this amazing daughter. Lord, I thank you that you're rewriting her story. And I, I just felt like this over you. I felt like the Lord said, he's rewriting your story. And I saw this book of your life. The Bible says that the, the entire uh, life, our entire life, each one of us have a book in heaven that he's written every day. And I just felt like, yeah, there's years and times and up until this point, you, you haven't known him. Uh, but I felt like the Lord in a supernatural way, I'm not just saying that in faith, I really believe it's going to begin to rewrite your story. And I, I felt like there were things that have happened to you the last five to ten years or things even you've done. And I felt like the Lord's going to, it was almost like he flipped it on its head. And it was like everything that had been done and everything that was happening or you even did, I felt like the Lord said, watch as I flip it and I make it for my glory. Father, I thank you that you use everything, that you don't waste a moment, God. You don't waste a tear. You don't waste a prayer. You don't waste anything. And I just want to share this with you. I, I, had a, I have an amazing spiritual father. And he said, he said, he used to tell his testimony like this. I wasted my life until I was 27 years old because I didn't know him. And the Lord spoke to him, and he said, quit saying that. He said, yeah, you didn't know me, but David, I don't waste a thing. I don't waste a thing. I don't waste a thing. And what you call wasted, I call perfume. And so, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, it's not too late. But, Lord, there's a calling and a purpose on our life to follow you. Lord, to be a light in the hill, a, a, a light set on a hill, a city set on a hill, Lord, to shine bright for you here in Florida, in Vero Beach, God. And Lord, we thank you that you've, you've saved her today, that you've set her free, and you've washed her of all sin and all unrighteousness, God. And Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> never the same you're going you're gonna to sleep tonight like you never slept before in the name of Jesus yeah awesome. okay awesome thank you thank you Lord and then and then of course the second group that I want to pray for is if, as I was preaching you know God was just touching your heart I watched some of you you know maybe you know him if, if you didn't come up forward, that means I hope that you all know him. But man, God wants to meet you on the shores of your life. Maybe you feel like guilt and shame and condemnation has kept you from him, but it's a lie from the pit of hell. And so I'm going to ask, if, if, if God was speaking to you, if you feel like you're in that place, would you just stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet? Guys, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying like you're like wayward. I, I'm just saying... God wants to meet you in, in his kindness today. Would you just stand to your feet? Yeah. Come on. Come on. 
because God wants to meet with you today, and He's not going to meet with you with anger and with wrath. He's going to meet with you with the kindness and the mercy of Jesus. And I just believe if you would, if you would, uh, just just begin to come on down. Just come on down. And, and it's not about coming to be meet with a man of God or a woman of God. It's about coming to meet with Jesus. And I just believe Jesus is going to come. And he's going to, just like he did with Peter, he's going to ask, do you love me? And the kindness and the mercy of the Lord is going to come in this place. The kindness and the mercy of the Lord is going to fall in this place. And you're never going to be the same again. You're never going to be the same again. Come on. Because Jesus loves you. He died for you. And he rose again for you. And each one of you are called to be mighty men and women of God. Father, I thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I silence every voice of accusation in this place. Father, I thank you that the voice of the accuser must be silent now. And Lord, I ask, would your kindness and your mercy come and flow in this place, Lord. Flow in this place, Jesus. Father, I'm asking for your great mercy, your great grace to flow in this place. Father, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up with the love of God. I love that we're at a conference called the Fire Conference because I love the fire of God because it, it consumes us. It burns away everything that's not of you. But God, I, I also thank you for your amazing love. And I ask over these ones here that are up here today, God, of course we want the fire. But God, I'm asking, would your love and your compassion come? Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this one. And I just saw the Lord walk up to you and he had a key in his hand. He put a key into your chest and he turned it. And I just felt like the Lord said this. He's unlocking potential and destiny on the inside of you. And I just felt like, man, you've been crying out, God, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And you feel like you've almost aborted the purpose on your life. But Lord, I thank you right now that he hasn't. Lord, you're restoring it right now. Lord, you're equipping him. You're calling him. Lord, you're calling him. Follow me. Follow me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you've put on the inside of him a heart of a father. I, I just saw this, man. I felt like the Lord said, it's time to let yourself off the hook. time to let yourself off the hook. Father, would your grace come right now and flow upon him, Lord. Lord, to set him free. And Lord, I thank you. I break condemnation. I break shame. I break guilt, Lord. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit over your amazing, amazing sons and daughters. Father, 
Gracias Señor souls of her feet, would you fill her afresh with your love, God. Lord, I thank you for your holy tears that are flowing in this room, in this place. Lord, I thank you that you're turning her mourning into dancing, God. Someone's translating, right? just felt like this I just felt like it's almost been one attack after another after another and it's like the enemy's almost worn you down Lord I thank you right now that you're protecting her you're watching over her and Lord I thank you that the attacks of the enemy must stop in Jesus mighty name Lord, because there's a, there's a calling on our life to pray for those that nobody else will pray for. I just felt like I saw this. I saw you with this grace and this anointing on your life to believe for salvation for those that no one else will believe for. Yeah, God can save them. <laughs> I just felt like I saw people saying, man, they're, they're, they're in trouble. You're like, yeah, but God can save them. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Father, over all of my friends here today, Father, I thank you for this amazing daughter say that a lot, but I felt like when I said it, you need to hear it. God says you're an amazing daughter. And Lord, I thank you that you brought her out of anger, Lord. And even hatred at times. And Lord, you're softening her. Lord, I thank you that she had to fight for herself for so long. But Lord, not anymore. Because you're fighting for her. It's funny, I saw the Lord like, it was like he was sitting on the stoop of a house and he was guarding the front of your house. Lord, I thank you for your protection over her life. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you that, Lord, her new nature in you is one of gentleness and mercy and compassion. Lord, I thank you that anger has no place in her, God. Why? Because you live in her. I thank you she's a gentle one. I felt like the Lord just said he calls you his gentle one. Lord calls you his gentle one.
Father, I thank you for her hopes and her dreams. I saw you making these meals for people. And it was all these different, all this different food. And I saw all these kids eating at a table. And I just felt like this, that you, you said, man, I, I don't even know if I can be that. But I, I just felt like the Lord said, he's put this on the inside of you, the heart of a mom. Lord, I come against every lie that says she can't do it or she won't. You have not disqualified yourself. Lord, I thank you that she's lovable. Lord, I thank you you have a house, but not just a house, you have a home. God has a home for you and I, it's, it's full of the peace and the presence of God and you know what it is to live in chaos but I felt like Jesus said watch as I show you how to live in peace I felt like the Lord said you're going to be one of the, the brightest shining ones in this church God is on you. He's in you. He's here. And he's calling you forward. He's calling you out. Not calling you out. He's calling you up. Because there's a purpose on your life. There's a plan for your life. I just get such that sense like, man, it's the peace of God. Father, I ask from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, with the peace of the Holy Spirit come. Peace like she's never, ever known. Not the peace of this world, because there is none. But the peace of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm taking some time but it's because Jesus is with her it's because Jesus is, is here he, if I came all this way it's worth it saw this picture of Jesus sitting by the well and I asked him what it was and I just felt like he said man she reminds me of the woman at the well and then he said a little bit further the woman at the well became this amazing evangelist Lord knows everything about your life and he doesn't call it out to shame it. He calls it out to heal it. You're going to be and you are amazing.
amazing wife, an amazing mother. With a beautiful home full of the peace and presence of God. I'm telling you. All you have to do is, like he said to Peter, follow me. Lord, I thank you for even, I even feel led to just pray. Lord, I thank you for the amazing spiritual mothers in this house. Lord, I thank you for bringing her amazing spiritual mothers. God, that will lead her into truth and never give up on her. Jesus will never give up on you. And although everyone else may, Jesus never will. He'd be so proud of you. Never the same today. Never the same today. Father, thank you. Do I have time to just pray for a few more? Is that all right? You sure? Okay. I just just felt like, sir, I I wanted to pray for you. What's your name? Mario. Mario. Father, I thank you for Mario. And Lord, I thank you that he keeps it real. And Mario, I just felt like there's something on the inside of you, man. You, you, can, you can smell a lie from a mile away. And you know it's real and you know it's not. And man, I, I just felt like this. The Lord, I almost saw you like this Holy Spirit bouncer. And I saw you like, you're like, man... I'm coming alive on the inside, but I felt like the Lord says he's given you a personality, like he's going to use your personality. Lord, I thank you that you've called him out as a man of God. You're calling him to be an amazing man of God that will be used, God, to declare your good news. And Lord, to watch as the Holy Spirit moves upon his life. Father, I ask for your spirit to come right now flow and move over him today. Man, I, I, saw, I saw the Lord and he walked up to you and he had these sunglasses on and then he put these sunglasses on you. And I felt like the Lord said this, he's getting sunglasses. And I felt like, man, you're about to look through life through a whole new lens. Like I saw even even the way you see things, the way you see work, the way you see what it is you do, it's all going to be seen in a whole new light. Why? Because the gospel's come. Jesus has come. And I felt like even, man, there was this thing in you like, man, I've come up here so many times. That's all right. All you have to do is like he told Peter, follow me. Father, I thank you. He's going to follow you. He's going to follow you. He is following you. And I thank you, Lord. I break shame and guilt off of him, God. He's not a phony. He's not a fraud. The fact that he came up here shows he's real. Father, I thank you for him. Thank you for a whole new day, a whole new season. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, Jesus, mighty, mighty name. Holy Spirit, I ask, would you come? I feel just an increase of the Spirit of God. And 
I'm going to give the I'm going to give the the meeting over to Pastor Alex because I know we have kids and all of that, and I've probably gone way too long. Uh, but but I just I really wanted to I want you to stay here. You know, if you're if you're being ministered to, I would I would love to pray for all of you. But I really feel like Jesus just wants to meet with you, and uh, and so. Yeah, I'm just going to give the meeting over to Pastor Alex and let you take it away. So, Father, we just thank you so much for what you've done here this morning, for ministering to the hearts of each and every one of us, and, and especially these, Lord, that are surrendered and yielded to you this morning. Lord, we just, I just pray that as everyone goes home this afternoon that you would give them rest and bring us back tonight so that we can meet with you again. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful afternoon. We'll see you tonight. Amen.